Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. Hello, world. Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Hello, world. I have a story that I need to share, a prayer request, rather. And before he does that, we want to do a little introduction. We've got Mr. Jeff Rowland here. I think oh, everybody knows there. me, but hello, there. world. And we have Alan Smith, otherwise known as Daddy Pete. Say hello, right world. Uh, actually, Mr. Daddy Pete, heavy on the mister. Heavy and on the he mister. introduced himself earlier this week, Jason, as Google Smith. That's Google what, Smith? Yeah. Would y'all like heavy, to hear my prayer on request? The Google. Well, is I feel like this prayer request is I, probably uh, not a prayer request. I feel like you're getting it, ready to cut somebody down. Is it a prayer request for you? Is it self-serving? Or, is it, or is it for Chad? Is it for Chad? <laughs> you're wanting to pray for Chad. You see? I think the world needs to pray for my son-in-law, I, I, Chad. That's what I thought you were up to. Well, I, listen, you know what? I only follow my heart. I'm just following mm-hmm. my heart here. So, <laughs> my son-in-law Chad needs. Okay, needs your son-in-law Chad. Well, he owes me five dollars and ninety-nine cents, okay. and um, and he, ref- I think he's refusing to pay me. I think that's why I understood it. Yeah, and I'm fearing that his lack of honesty and his misbehavior is uh, going to come between his, you know, him and my daughter and their marriage. So I'm mm. just trying to help. Sure, that's what you're I'm preemptively about. trying to. You know, stop a crisis from starting before. Mm-hmm. You know how I do. I, you know what I mean? Uh, you've watched me do this before where I try to stop thinking oh. what happens. Oh. And so we need to pray for my son-in-law, Chad. He owes me $5.99. He knows why. Okay. He knows why. Jason, you now know why. we hit Jeff's nickname is and Mount St. Helen Roland. That's his um, nickname. That's his old name. at Heart joined in really fast. Today. There you go. And he help, says, help. follow your heart. Have you been watching the Disney Channel? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what it was is, is uh, my favorite team, football team is the Miami Dolphins. They were playing. Ooh. They were playing in a wild card a playoff game last night. Is that that little cheesy against team the down Kansas far? City Chiefs mm-hmm. in Kansas City? The the game was going to be televised exclusively on this network called Peacock, and of which I didn't have. But you had to pay five dollars and ninety nine cents to watch it. And he he encouraged me. I, I kept saying no, I'm not doing it. He kept saying no, you need to. They're your favorite team, and you need to do that. And I did. And my team got annihilated, so Chad owes me $5.99. Well, now, <clears throat> Jason, I think, that, and and just let me just also say this. Wait a minute, let me I don't finish your story. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> no one will let me. I'm so tired finish of that. Finish your story, Roland. So, <laughs> as the story goes, I told Chad just a minute ago, you know, I'm expecting my money, and what was his response? He said he was saving up for corrective surgery on his face. So I'm just saying that maybe I'm not going to get it for a while. It sounds like it was more of an investment. If that $5.99 will go uh, Jason, let me ask you something. Hmm? What kind of daddy-in-law would ask for money from the man who's taking care of his daughter? Now, what kind of man would do that? Okay, okay. what kind? An honest one. <laughs> Johnny says lions. Lions feel the roar, Jeff. <laughs> Who said that? Johnny. Okay. Johnny. Go, Johnny. No. Yeah. Johnny's pulling for Detroit. Of all cities on the earth, Johnny, come on. Get with I can't it. believe you waste any of your time talking about sports. But there's things to do in the kingdom. And you're worried about going on a fishing trip this week. That's right. Sports. Fishing. Listen, that is to honor Jeff. 
If you go with our base camp, well, I actually have an article there. This is really <laughs> we're going off the trails. Betrayals <laughs> to Jason. Uh, Jeff's gotten this kick of wanting to be honored. Now I don't know where this is coming from. But we need to talk to him about this. Sounds like he's living in sin. <laughs> so today during church, I had was listening to Daddy Pete's sermon this morning, and it made me realize that we've been looking for the wrong thing. One of the points in his sermon this morning was it's not necessarily, and I'm you know, paraphrasing here. Um, this could be dangerous. It is dangerous. He's fixing to paraphrase I'm really what trying you to remember said, exactly. No, he's got what, it. He's got it. But Go, Jay. Looking to Israel to build a new temple without them coming to the mm. fullness of Christ is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Not it's only not that, necessarily, it's, it's calling not, in the Antichrist. It's yeah, called, it's, it's yeah, I start to say, it is, it's a false religion calling in the Antichrist. Yeah. So yeah, you, know, right. you hear it all the time. Christians get so excited. Oh, Israel's going to build a new temple. That's not a good thing. <laughs> no, that's not a that it is, is not totally, a good thing it's a real thing it's a real yeah. thing and in terms of how close we are to the return of christ i think we could maybe get excited about it because true it does mean the lord's coming back soon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but to understand the whole dynamic concept and what, the dynamics what does behind it mean yeah. what do, yeah what does it mean when israel <laughs> builds the third temple is the question and we know that they've got red heifers over there ready to sacrifice. Exactly. Uh, they've got, I think, the garments and all the vestures. utensils. Yes, and all exactly. They got the blueprints uh, ready. They got the whole thing. Well, ready. and in retrospect of that, let me ask you a, a question about that, Alan. There is this cross-section, a hybrid kind of a thing that's going on in a lot of the Christian world. Mm-hmm. Of Judaism and Christianity mixing the two together. How do you view that? How do you see that in terms of authenticity, I guess, and its biblical correctness? To deny that we don't all have Jewish roots would be wrong Mm -hmm. uh, because Jesus is the. We have a Jewish Savior. Yeah, he's a Jewish (laughs) Messiah. He's a a Jewish Savior to to say that the foundational, a part of the foundation is a lot of the, the Jewish understanding. Uh, is true. We see that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, also in the first part of Acts. Up through Acts 9, probably 8, somewhere along in there, we see uh, Peter uh, giving a message, or preaching a message, if you will, to Israel. And basically what he preaches in that message is repent. What are they to repent of? Not receiving Jesus as the Messiah. Exactly. That was what they had failed. Exactly. Well, Jesus told them he when before he left, he said, "Hey, you missed your visitation." Yeah. And then Jesus, of course, is crucified. He's resurrected. He ascends unto heaven. You start then in the book of Acts. So then, the Holy Spirit comes, and then Peter says, "This is that spoken by the prophet Joel." And then Peter goes out in the streets, and he doesn't preach, "Receive ye the Holy Spirit," per se. People think it's all about the baptism of the Spirit, but the problem is the Holy Spirit says it didn't come to bring testimony unto himself, mm-hmm. but unto Christ. Right, exactly. And so Peter goes out preaching a message, and that message <clears throat> was, you killed the king if you will repent that God will send him back again, which is what we call the second coming. Mm-hmm. So we know that there will be a rebuilding of the temple before Jesus said this is going to be destroyed, of course. Then it was destroyed, Titus, 70 A.D. But then we're going to have a rebuilding of a tribulation temple, mm-hmm. would be the correct terminology. Right. And then when they build this temple and they start sacrificing again, the apostle Paul, on the road to Damascus, 
got born again. But five minutes after he was born again, he was still full Jew. That's right. He wasn't Mm -hmm. a Jew one minute and a Christian the next. Paul was a Jew that had been converted that Jesus was the Messiah. And that he was alive. And that he was alive. So Paul technically was a born-again Jew, and he was the first of many brethren, he said. He was... So he was the example of a born-again Jew, and he was still doing Jewish stuff. And he did Jewish stuff up all the way for the next 30 years, all the way through Acts 28, 28. He would still go to the Jew first, it says. From the time Paul was saved, Jeff, until he wrote his first book was probably 25 years. Mm-hmm. First Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. 25 long time. years. Probably 25 years. And then he started doing all of his writings within about five years or so towards the end of the book of Acts. And that's when Paul was getting all these revelations and he started writing them down. And so Paul went to the Jew first, for we know, 25 years, probably closer to 30. Paul went with his message of the grace of God to the Jew first. Now, Paul was preaching that you not only was you killed the king, Jesus was the Messiah, plus the blood of Christ was the atonement of all sin. Peter didn't preach that in Acts 2 3. No, he did not. <laughs> he, he preached he, he killed not. a Messiah. That's right. Uh, he didn't have the other. Well, that's, a, that's, two, a, that's a big a big deal. Big deal. Two Friday nights ago, we did, we're doing a little Bible study on Friday nights. Now we started a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about Acts 2 38. Mm-hmm. We talked about Peter's message was repent for the remission of sins, remission. is the way that mm-hmm. the King James puts it. Which there, is a correct interpretation. That is the correct word. Uh, and a lot of translations have forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. But tell, that's people, not, tell, uh, tell people the difference. Yeah, the diff- well, the difference is, is Peter was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He mm-hmm. was not preaching the gospel of the grace of God because mm-hmm. the gospel of the grace of God had not yet been given. You see, the, He preached mm-hmm. all he knew, and God honored it. Well, not only that, uh, you see, Jesus told, he told him, he said, listen, what sins you remit will be remitted. Yeah. Now, now here, here's the deal. Christ wasn't, he's got to go to the cross, he's got to die. All of that sort of stuff. If you have cancer, yeah, and it's in remission, do you still have cancer? You do. Okay, that's the deal. That's, so that's the difference that's between remission issue. and forgiveness. Okay. Exactly. That's, in other words, their <clears throat> sins, Jason, were going to be forgiven at the times of refreshing, which is the second coming of Christ. Yeah. And why do you say they were going to be forgiven then? Because it was going to be then that they received Jesus as the Messiah. That's right. Not not only that. It was going to be then that their blindness was pulled back. That's right. There you go. And that they could see their sins. So their sins were right now, even though the Jews are denying Christ, mm-hmm. they're still somewhat remitted. Yeah, exactly. Well, because of the times of the... Ref- In other words, God's not... I don't think God's fully holding it to their charge yet. And here's why. God's one that blinded them. That's right. So he can reveal his secret, the mystery of the church. That's right. So therefore, God's kind of remitting their sins mm-hmm. until... Their blindness is pulled back, and he says, okay, deal mm-hmm. with it. And I think that the, the distinction is talking about Israel nationally versus talking about mm-hmm. Israel mm-hmm. individually. Yeah. So in remission, that's what they did in the Old Testament sacrifice. Right. You'd offer a sacrifice, sins would be remitted for a year at a time. Mm-hmm. But now our sins are forgiven, wow. meaning they're totally mm-hmm. done, they're wow. gone. Past, present, that, did future, somebody say, wow? Exactly, wow. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is somewhat. I know we don't like to use this term. What you're talking about and what we're speaking about now is is in the dispensational line of thought. 
But it's a biblical line of thought. It's more than a dispensational system that we talk about. Mm -hmm. Paul said to him was given the dispensation of the grace of God. You're talking about Paul being born again a Jew. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Mm -hmm. I also believe this. When he saw the Lord, he, he was blinded. I honestly believe that the three days that Paul was blinded was when God downloaded to him the mystery of the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And still, he did go to the Jew first mm -hmm. for 25 years. Well, God he did, went to yeah. the Jew, yeah. Which was in agreement with Acts, in the book of Acts, when he said, start here in Jerusalem, go, go mm -hmm. to Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm -hmm. So the biblical pattern was followed in that. And that's why I believe this. I believe this. And I don't, you know, let's let's bypass for a minute. You and I did a podcast earlier this week on secessionism. You know, mm -hmm. those that are secessionists mm -hmm. and those that are continuous. Mm -hmm. And let's drop that line of thought for just a second, just to say that th what we're discussing right now is why I believe that dispensationalism is an important Bible topic. Mm -hmm. It is a biblical topic, and and that's what we're we're referring to when Peter is saying repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So those that say that his what he's talking about as far as baptism is talking about Holy Spirit baptism, you still have this thing of remission of sins right. that you got to deal with. Mm -hmm. And again, other translations say forgiveness, and though those terms are akin to one another, they're not the same, they're right. not the same term. It's not the same term. So you have to go back and you have to study out what does this Greek word mean? And it is in keeping with the remission of the Old Testament type. And so Peter was preaching the gospel of the kingdom right, and not the gospel of the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Not yet he wasn't. Not yet because he didn't have that revelation. He didn't have it, huh? And when God gave that revelation, then Peter he included said, it. He included it. Now, he did say this, too. He said, Paul's preaching this stuff, y'all. He said, now, it's kind of hard to understand. It's hard to understand. But we believe it's Scripture because he had the signs of an apostle. That's exactly so right. So that's kind of the way it went down. There you go. I know there's a lot of people and that are big in keeping some of the Jewish feasts mm -hmm. and holidays. How does that fit into the church world today, in your perspective? I mean, does it even mean anything if you're not a Jew? Yes. It, well, it's like you've got Passover. Does that mean anything to us? Exactly. Well, of course it does. Sure I mean, the Passover lamb it is a type and a shadow Absolutely. of Christ coming, his blood. The death angel will pass over us because yeah. of the blood of Christ. Uh, Pentecost, uh, you got Passover, then you got Pentecost. Pentecost is, of course, when you're, uh, technically, I'd say when you get born again and you're filled with the Spirit. Pentecost is a feast, and then you got all kinds of things that go with it. But that's just the basic topic. Then you got tabernacles, and you got trumpets. You got trumpets. Uh, so yeah, they all have a a Christian application. I believe uh, they do too. And the reason I ask the question is, is I think that you can, I think you can get out of balance on either side. Mm -hmm. I believe you can get out of balance by saying that the Old Testament feasts and ceremonies mean nothing. When Paul really did include a lot of, there's so many allusions in the New Testament, even in Paul's yeah, writings and mm -hmm. his epistles, to those oh, Jewish yeah. holidays. Mm -hmm. You know, some people think that around the Feast of Trumpets at the last Trump, you've got all of those different things that, that's going on there that, you, that Paul draws an allusion to about the return of Christ. And so I think that you can make too much 
of some of the Jewish holidays and their, and ceremonies, you can also make too little of it. Well, yeah, you definitely want. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, there again, that goes back to our our uh, understanding that once God says something, it just is. And three uh, includes two and one. Yeah, that's exactly. So it includes it. <laughs> exactly, it, includes, it does. It, it includes Christianity includes that. Is what I'm saying. It is yes. the fulfillment of that that well, we celebrate. Christianity in Jesus does Christ. include the Jewish roots and it background. has to but the unconverted jew doesn't include doesn't the include, christian no That's which right. is why there is a problem yeah, in you, looking yeah. to the J- jewish temple to speak into the that's, day of grace that's that's exactly right you know the, yeah, the day of grace we have different under we have not different understanding we have greater understanding we have greater understanding. greater revelation that's it's right. called that's exactly right. So, did you talk about today Acts two thirty eight? But that was the that's kind of the mm-hmm. the foundation that led you to the thought process that you was well, into. The thought, yeah, the thought press process was, and that's what J- uh, Jason was coming off of. I think he made the statement of a lot of people today are excited about the Jews getting ready to build a temple again. And the way I pitched it, Jeff, was that's not a good thing. And the reason I pitched it that way was if the Jews do build another temple. And well, when they build another temple, we know that that's proof that they do that not. They've, they've rejected not, they've Jesus. Rejected that's the right. Messiah. That's exactly. And they're going to do sacrifice. That's exactly. And this is they're wild. That's like right. whoa, whoa, that's whoa. Right. That yeah. means. But now, when if the temple is being built or about to be built, and we start seeing Jews turning mm-hmm. and ex- receiving Christ, mm-hmm. then we know the second coming of Christ is close. Now, Jeff, we know. So we can say, oh, that's great. You mean to tell me that the Jews, there will be a day that the Jews will repent and and accept Jesus as their Messiah? The answer is yes. Absolutely. But there again, that's what the whole tribulation's about. That's what it's about. Somebody. That's right. That's that's what it's about. Which is why the church ain't here. It's it's, about Israel. It's about Israel, and it's about converting Israel. Mm -hmm. So the Israel folks, I'm sorry, is going to have to go through the tribulation period just to convert them to get them, Jesus right. is the Messiah. And then the 144,000 raised up to go out and, and tell it. And th- think about this. I want to get you to respond to this because this is a concept that's intriguing to me. Blindness in part has happened to Israel. The tribulation period, that seven-year period, is broken down into two sections. Right. First three and a half years of tribulation. Mm-hmm. Second three and a half years of Great tribulation. Great tribulation. What divides the tribulation is the Antichrist mm-hmm. coming into the temple that has been rebuilt mm-hmm. and declaring himself as God. Mm-hmm. As Christ. And Jesus says to Israel, when you see that happen, don't waste another second. Flee to the mountains. That's what it says. Don't even, don't even don't get you close. Don't do nothing. Go to the mountains and hide. It appears as though that the the times of repentance, refreshing, and restitution of Acts 3 begins happening during the time of the greatest tribulation yes. the world has ever known, which mm-hmm. indicates that Israel, at least, coming to salvation in Christ Jesus, their times of refreshing begins to happen and is completely fulfilled through the times of the greatest tribulation the earth has ever seen. Now let's say, does that have a principle tied to it? Could we conclude by that, that during our time of tribulation and persecution or adversity or great trial in our life, is that maybe the time of our greatest blessing? 
Yeah, we could say that, but boy, it's a hard way to get there. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I, it I'm is tough. To, but just, can I tell you what it what it does do though? It pokes a hole into this mindset of live your best life now. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. We've talked about this a thousand times. This is not crowning day. Everybody wants to make it out to be, but it's not. This is cross bearing day. Mm-hmm. Crowning days later. Mm-hmm. Cross bearing days now. And I I do think that there's so many people that enter into a crisis of faith sometimes in their life because they're expecting come to Jesus and everything's cookies and creams and Mm -hmm. roses and and all of that. And it's basically the opposite. Mm -hmm. And I'll also say that in American Western society, we've been kind of spoiled to that Mm -hmm. mindset, to that way of thinking because of how God has so abundantly blessed us. And I think that we ought to enjoy our blessing. We had a conversation. I don't know if this was a podcast, made it into a podcast or not, but on that topic, I remembered what Jack Hiles used to preach a long time ago. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And Jack Hiles used to say, we went, we sowed, we reaped a harvest and rejoiced. And we got so enthralled in our rejoicing that we forgot to go again (laughs) that's the truth (laughs) and i think that everybody's looking for this great rejoicing time not understanding that the cost of that sometimes great is great adversity it is uh, it's great trial you know jeff you can go to matthew and and it came to my mind you know where jesus says in matthew 13 you know it well says and jesus went out departed from the temple and the disciples came to show him uh, the building of the temple, and Jesus said, you know, the things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be a st- one stone left. Then he says, he said upon the Mount of Olives, you know, the Olivet uh, Discourse, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, tell us, when shall these things be? And what is the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good question, yeah, it don't is. you think? Absolutely. So for some reason, the disciples thought that the end of the world of their age or something was going to happen right. uh, even then. So it lets us know that they were looking for that to happen. And then it goes on down. He says, for many shall come in my name. Uh, He says, "Uh, take heed that no man deceive you. Mm -hmm. We know that this is the time of great deception. Yep. said, let no man deceive. Now, but Jesus is saying all these things will happen. But go down to verse 13, Jeff. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. There you go. Now, I don't tell somebody that today. I I say, receive Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. That his death, burial, and resurrection is the, and his blood's the atonement and forgiveness of all sin. Mm-hmm. But here Jesus told the disciples, you must endure to the end to be saved. That's right. And that's where a lot of people get their theology mm-hmm. saying it's endurance salvation. And yeah. we say, no, it's the salvation by grace. Now, that's here's right. the problem, Jeff. When they were looking to go into the tribulation period, Jesus said, you're going to have deception, deceiving spirits. You're going to have people come in my name, which we know the Antichrist will. Now, it's not that we're not seeing these things happen now, but we're just seeing a token. Don't It's not full just grown. Just a token. That's right. She, this yeah. puppy is not full grown. Yeah, that's right. And, and so Jesus, and they were looking to have to not take the mark of the beast and endure to the end to be saved. Yeah. This is technically tribulation scripture. Absolutely. It is true. If you can see what I'm saying. Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying there's not truths there for us. I mean, because they're definitely, it's Absolutely. the Word of God. I mean, it's Absolutely. true. Absolutely. Positively. In some way, you know, Jesus died, was buried, rose again, 40 days, talked about things pertaining to the kingdom of God before he left. And right before he left on the 40th day, Peter said, 
are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Mm-hmm. They still didn't have full revelation of what oh, no, no. of what had went on. They, they just didn't have revelation of it. And that happened when Paul came along. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm saying is, is they pretty well had it in their mind that they'd had enough tribulation. Yeah, they did. But as we all know, they hadn't seen nothing yet. Nothing yet. Mm-hmm. Nothing See, when like that goes on to 13, it says, but he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a tribulation scripture. Yep. Right, then he goes on to say, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the there world. You go. For a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, he says. Mm-hmm. Now watch this. This is your verse that you were referring to. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. See that? Mm-hmm. Then he says in verse 16, Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. There it is. So that's the storyline that you were referring to. Mm-hmm. During the tribulation, that is specifically tribulation scripture, but we know we're right up to the door of that. We are. So we're see- we're not in it, but we can see it afar off because yep. it's happening. The stage is being set right around us. And don't you think that in Israel, during the first part of the tribulation period, there's going to be debate, large debate. Everybody oh, says yeah. that they're going to they're going to receive the Antichrist as their Messiah. Well, maybe. Maybe so, but at the very least, the concept that he might be the ant might be the Christ is going to be at the least at the very least yeah. all the way up to saying yes, he is the Christ. Mm-hmm. When they see the abomination of desolation, they're going to know he's not him. Uh-huh. Well, what about the and, and that, don't you think that's when God pulls the blindness away from their eyes and they see. Mm-hmm. That's not him. That's about the way it would fit the best, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then Paul's prayer that all of Israel will be saved. That's, be what, that's what he said. You know, we we get into to Islam and the Muslim world. They're also looking for a Messiah. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yep. Call it the Mahdi or Mada. The, the Mada. Mada, I think it is. So they're looking for and they think it's, some believe it's Muhammad, some believe it's mm-hmm. a fancy angel or something. Mm-hmm. The question is, is... The Muslims are looking for a Messiah. It's a good chance that the Muslim Messiah is the Antichrist yes. that the New Testament scriptures Absolutely. refer to. I believe so. Can I just say this out loud while, while we're talking about it? Because this is um, this past Friday night, we started talking about dimensions and the, the relationship between prayer and physics. Mm-hmm. Because there is a scientifically, there's theories out there about dimensions and we're three dimensions, mm-hmm. and but there's more dimensions and all that sort of thing, and the how you you know the curvature of the earth, the mm-hmm. bending of time, all of these different deals. Right now, in a dimension that we can't see with our naked eye, mm-hmm. the spirit of the Antichrist is about to enter someone's body, maybe already has, mm-hmm. or take human form in this physical world, and that spirit of the antichrist will become an actual person physically seen taking his power from only satan according mm-hmm. to the book of revelation and if the muslims receive him as their mada mm-hmm. there's going to have to be a a hybrid muslim mm-hmm. religion and judaistic religion oh that's scary thought jeff what you're saying right here do you know not what thou sayest? Has to be, though, in order for the Jews and the Muslims come to come together. together to receive this one as the Messiah, mm-hmm. 
if only for a short period well, of you time. Know, that's, that has to happen. Jason, if you could look up, I think it's at Dubai. They've got these big three big temples. They've just been completed a year or two ago, Jason. One's to Abraham. One's to Jewish, Christian, and Muslim, I think. Oh, wow. Three big temples together. Showing, and they've already had some ceremonies showing the unity. I didn't even think about it the right thing. You said that thing. Can you maybe find out, Jason? Jason, maybe can throw us up something here. How many Gentiles is going to have to fall into that same category? So the hybrid religion has to be a cross-section of Muslim, Islam, and even Christianity. Yeah, Christendom. For the, yeah. Inst- for the, yeah, it has to be that. In order for everybody to say, yep, that's the, he's the one we've been there looking there it for. Is. Dubai stunning. Hold on one second. Let me get okay. that okay. pulled over on the screen here. Multi-faith complex. There you go. This is mosque, synagogue, and church. Look and at you, that. And you see that, this Jason? Is, yep. And right here Read it says. Us a little bit. So the structure draws inspiration from the three Abrahamic faiths. Oh. It is meant to encapsulate their similarities. Um, it's the... The Emma Al Tabi Mosque. Iman is that Iman? Is named after the Grand Iman of Al Alzar. The windows are made of delicate latticework. His Holiness Francis Church. Is dead. So there's three. So it's a church, it's a mosque, and a synagogue. All and wrapped a synagogue. up in one. And three so different this, buildings. Listen to this here. In the church, you hear the sound of rushing water. For me, water is important with Christianity. The church is an ark to the world. Basically, this is a United... What organization is sponsoring this? Is that a United Nations deal? Or, I mean, it's it's probably not a United Nations, but... I know. I just wonder who is sponsoring this. uh, United United Arab Emirates. On Wednesday, inaugurated the Abrahamic Family House, an interfaith complex housing a mosque, a church, and the Gulf Arab State's first ever... Purpose-built synagogue. Okay, so the United Arab Emirates. Mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, Well, who knows. So basically, it's Arab countries that's coming together and and has put that that up, which is interesting in that there has to be a coalition of nations that he will sign covenant with between Israel and many other nations. Jason, see if you can find a CBN article on that same topic, perhaps. That'd give us a better view. But you know, Alan, that speaks volumes to the characteristic of the Antichrist. To, but you said there had to be a merge. There has to be a merging uh-huh. in order for that to That's right. a, even remotely be plausible mm-hmm. that the Jews, the institution of the church, the apostate Christ, church, apostate church yeah. and Muslims will have to come together to receive the in Antichrist. order to receive it. Yeah. Even from a political standpoint. But, but, have to but look, there's three buildings now. That says the aerial night view rendering of the Abrahamic family house, including a mosque from the left, a church, and a synagogue. So there, your mosque is Muslim, your church, Christendom, synagogue, Jew. Yes, and and my thing is this. The Jews will look at him as the Messiah. Yeah. The Muslims will look at him as the Messiah. The Christians will also look at him as the Messiah. Yeah. With that line of thought. You have certain theologies out there now in Christendom. You have certain theological systems that kind of mock and make fun of the rapture mm-hmm. and are looking for Christ to come and set up his kingdom. Mm. Sounds to me that that's going to be an easy jump from that theology 
to, okay, here he is. If, uh, it's not, yeah, yeah, I agree with if you. you hear what I'm saying. Well, not only that, we believe that we're saved by grace, right? That yeah, it's instantaneous right. salvation yeah. when you receive Christ in your heart. I just read you the scripture here out of Matthew 13. You have to endure to the end to be saved. Yeah. So if the church goes through tribulation, why, how does in the world's God going to say, all right, you got saved by grace? Oh, hold the phone. <laughs> yeah. Changed my mind. Now you're going to have to endure to the end. Now you got to endure saved. to the end. Yeah. You see, it, 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 it uh, don't it, work. It have, Jason, could you go back at the beginning of that article, perhaps, and read the first two uh, paragraphs of the first this paragraph? One here. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. Is that where the three buildings were? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, read us just opening paragraph. Right, so it says, On Thursday, February the 16th, the United Arab Emirates officially opened the Abrahamic family house, consisting of a mosque, church, and a synagogue that face one another on the same square in Abu Dhabi. Besides each one stands a tall pillar illuminating an Islamic crescent, a Christian cross, and a Jewish menorah, respectively shining a hopeful light for interfaith tolerance and understanding. Something good is happening in the desert, but will it, be last, will it make a lasting difference? The road to Thursday's opening began with Pope Francis' February 2019 trip to the UAE, where he met the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar, leader of the oldest Islamic educational institute in the world. Their meeting ended with their signing of the document on human fraternity, which set ambitious goals to foster interfaith understanding. Four years later, Muslims, Christians, and Jews gathered to inaugurate the three worship centers, which each representing one of the three Abrahamic faiths and a representative from each faith providing inaugural remarks. The president of the center spoke of a new landmark in the country built within sight of the six-year-old Dubai. The three worship sites, he said, stand for hope for a peaceful coexistence and understanding. So this is basically a manifestation of what everybody talks about when you talk about a one-world religion. It, that this, is totally that. This the is center. It. That's this the is center. And, that's and, ground zero, right and, there. And well, we basically, gave, yeah, go ahead. They gave the Antichrist a place to walk right into. Exactly. Somebody sent, spent some bucks. They spent some major money. I think Dubai. They, they name. I read it in one of the articles. I can't see. There was one. Somebody paid for it because that was the first purpose-built synagogue ever to be built since 1931. Mm. Or 1937, whatever. That was pretty significant. It tells us that the Antichrist, from a religious perspective, mm -hmm. right. is going to be Muslim, Jew, and Christian. That's what it tells He's going to be all three. There's so much you can say about this. You know, my oh, my, know. my brain's on overload. But the, the thing that really stands out among Christians, I'm going to say this. Y'all going to throw mud at me for saying it. But in the Christian world, the fact that he will perform miracles and do signs and wonders will be mm -hmm. a key element sure, that he uses for his I mean, deception. Sure. I think that would be across the board. That's mm -hmm. according to the Word of God. That's what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that will be used very in his deception to think? the world. However, philosophically, we're seeing exactly right now, mm -hmm. from a philosophical standpoint, what he's wanting to do mm -hmm. to deceive all. All of them, Muslims, Jews, and Christians. Mm -hmm. Because Satan ultimately just wants people to know who he is. Oh, he's setting it up, isn't he? <laughs> he mm -hmm. wants people to know who he is, and mm -hmm. he wants people to worship him. Mm -hmm. That's what he's after. God, I, they don't like God. No, <laughs> no, he no. He, like they're not thick. No, well, I think that's a, uh, that just happened to come to me when you were talking about that. I got a visual of. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's exactly what's happening. That's wild. That's and, and I'm just going to say, 
anyone that speaks like the Pope did for this. This place is a little hard. Uh, that's paramount to being in the same spirit of the false prophet in the mm-hmm. book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. It is the same thing. So, you know, people can take that for what, it, there it for is. what it's I worth. Mean, uh, there it is. That's all. I mean, there ain't nothing you can say about it. Yeah. Except that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Did you notice that there's no Hindu temple there? They say they're they're building a new one in Dubai now. Right. Well, Hindu temple. Well, they were they were coming. It's off not of, part of this. They were coming off the Abrahamic tree. Right. Yeah. Because see, it, and yeah. there again, it's a takeoff of the Bible because God said in thee. That's right. You see, God made a promise to Abraham. And so Satan's trying to hijack that promise. And we will and all did, nations. Of all nations. All there, nations yeah. be blessed. So he's trying to hijack. <laughs> he gets I mean, I'd rather, that, I'd rather he's go, got everything else. I'd rather go Hindu, Jason. Y'all take yeah. this yeah. off maybe, but there's <laughs> to be part of that uh, that other mess. I think you come here getting in, the, you know, at the last minute off of being a Hindu and you with that other mess. My Lord uh, Jesus, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say no, Lord, forgive me, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what gets us in trouble. I'm sorry. The only Jeff. thing that I can say is that when I get there, the only thing I'm going to be able to say is, I don't know. The man on the middle cross told me that's exactly right. That's all. You know, I wonder if they're gonna. I wonder if we'll get to like live stream this in heaven. I think like, that's where we could watch all this happen. You know, oh, oh I thought you should, meant the Smith and Roll. Can I tell you something? It would be interesting about, to watch. Well, I mean, about that, uh, just about mm-hmm. that. this past Friday night talking about the dimensions and stuff. Mm-hmm. It made me wonder from a dimensionality standpoint. Mm-hmm. God sees us, but certain things has to happen in us for us to be able to. It's almost like this is going to sound crazy, and I hope this ain't off topic. But watch this. If God's trying to reach, say, Alan with something that he wants to speak, mm-hmm. and let's just say. We got that, a direct line, just so you'll know. Uh, well, I was started to say, and mm-hmm. let's just suppose <laughs> that you were being stubborn and hard headed. Like, okay. So, but there is someone who Jason, per se, is walking close to the Lord and the Lord reveals something to him. Mm-hmm. From another dimension, God shows Jason what he can't see with his physical eyes, but he sees with his spiritual eyes. And then God manifests through Jason the word that you need for that moment. That's dimensionality. Mm-hmm. It's also the gift of prophecy. Alive okay. today, right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that in saying that, when Jason's talking about live streaming, I think that those in that other dimension can already see what God wants. Well, what God wants them to see. Yeah, you know, well, I was going to say Smith and Rowland show probably have to be edited uh, <laughs> to get in real good, especially that comment I made about well, Hindus. Well, but, let's just uh, let's uh, just uh, let's just say it this way: <laughs> they are seeing things the way God does with the blood That's, of Christ. Well, that on. that being the case, they got a good chuckle out of it. Yeah, that's because right. God's laughing, he have right. to be. I hope he's laughing a lot. Well, we yeah. know that that has to. That kind of has to be the case. In that, if when we see him, we will mm-hmm. see him as he is, for we will be like him. That's what it says. So, mm-hmm. if that's the case, then even those that are in heaven now can see through the covering of the blood of Jesus mm-hmm. the things that the holiness of God can see. 
I believe that. Well, it doesn't. It just. Do you think we're going to be protected from seeing evil? Not necessarily. Or do you think we can see it better? Well, I think we'll see it clear, more, <laughs> yeah, clearly more clearly because because when the seventh seal is open, it causes silence in mm-hmm. heaven. That's what it says. So apparently we're when somebody seeing, can see something. That's exactly right. So well, to answer your question, yeah. <laughs> let's say um uh, 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 well you heard it from man i gotta uh, tell you that's that's some uh, cool stuff there that's that's, that's scary cool guys stuff. we need to follow we need to watch and that's going on since 2018 or 19 but it's still new you were still within Absolutely. five years and yeah. so we need to watch that we thing need to watch and that closely. maybe study up on that a little bit yeah, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely i agree well jason i think that jeff has completed all he knows he's completed all he knows well i never yeah. get to finish my stories until i'm rudely well i'm so tired of waiting on his stories jason let's just say the end the end <laughs> <laughs> you heard it from the eloquent words of jason Barr. that's yeah. exactly right you heard it first you heard it first that's well i right. guess we'll see what happens you guys doing unplug this week all yeah, week. we're going to do it all week. We're going to do it all week. And I'll, I'm going to say this. Yeah, go ahead and say I'll it. I just have to say it. Hmm? Jason's in the knife selling business. Oh, boy. What? He didn't ask me about that. Here yep. soon. Yep, yep. Oh, wait a minute. He's hold right. The, oh. Hold the Internet phone. Internet sales. He's got these knives just hard to get anywhere. We yeah. did not no, uh, give no, the no, green no, light no, on no, that no, from no. HR in the Smith & Rollins show. Well, I don't think Come from he, the top? I don't think he asked us. I mean, listen, I, had to, I totally had to find out underground. You have got to no, make it. Underground, underground. underground. And what's the name of this little this outfit? Well, uh, it'll can be. Can you uh, tell yet? Can you yeah, tell? What's the. Did I, did I preempt you? Let, let's save it for the next. Oh. Let's okay, let's well, save it. We, okay. And we will have a next grand. Next week. Watch this. I got to have a grand. Can I just tell you? Two weeks. It's like. Two weeks. It's, I sometimes amaze myself at my own brilliance. Okay, so watch <laughs> this. <laughs> what I, if? That hurt. <laughs> what, that hurt. What if? Jason's new knife shop, yeah, becomes a sponsor of the Smith and Rowland show. I felt that move me in my heart. Oh, when yeah? I said it. You're I, about to bring me to tears. I, I, I feel honestly, like it already is. I feel <laughs> <laughs> more to come. Maybe Jason's knife shop. <laughs> and remember, everyone, pray for Chad, my son-in-law, that his corrective surgery on his face goes well. And also pray that his father-in-law will do better. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's really the that's really the point. that's where the corrective surgery needs to <laughs> it be. Really, it really is on the brain. <laughs> okay. Say bye, Jeff. Uh, bye, Jeff. See you, Jeff. (laughs) See you, guys. Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowland Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrowlandshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.